Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. Is that because of the music? Yeah, you know, like, just, uh, I, 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 like I don't this? have like a very good hoity toity voice. That sounded more like, a, like we're coming to a Halloween episode. I know it's October. Oh, so, anyways, episode 193 level yeah. up review How to Win Friends and Influence People, part two. I should have done like a really cool, like, British accent. You could, is that, is that a, what accent No, was I was that? just trying to do like a hoity toity, you know, I don't, I don't even know what it was. I didn't even think about it until we started. And I was like, it's gotta be, you know, since we're doing these book reviews and since this is such a, it's been such a good book. We're doing uh, how to win friends and influence people by uh, Dale Carnegie. Is that how you say it? Carnegie? So it's Carnegie, Carnegie, but it's, you can say Carnegie too. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, whatever, whatever. It's it's a pretty good book, and um, you know it's it's interesting how well it's it's held the test of or it's it's kind of stood the test of time, um, in the sense that this book's been around for a while. And honestly, as I read through it, I realize like nothing in here is like earth shattering, and maybe I I feel like that because so you're many just things. Such an awesome person, no, that's why. No, I just mean like so many things have already drawn from this, and I don't think it was. I mean, it was probably earth shattering when he did it in the sense of he took a lot of concepts that people already knew and did well, because I mean, he's pulling examples of, of throughout history, right. Of people using these techniques and he kind of just condenses it. So that's what I like about this is kind of just a condensed version of uh, really practical ways. And I think this part is a little bit more practical than our first uh, review. So our first review went through part one of the book and I feel like there was uh, some practical things there, but it was a little bit more theoretical. And I think part two is very practical. There's like six chapters of do these six things and you're going to be more liked and you're going to have a better time connecting with people, which will ultimately lead to greater sales. It's going to lead to better relationships. It's going to lead to better business relation, like whatever in every category you're going to, to be able to apply these six things and they're good. I mean, I really like them. And this is part two of three. Yeah. Well, so, maybe we might even do a fourth one. I don't know. Cause we're only, whoa. I don't know. Are we're, you guys going to stick with us for a fourth one? Yeah, we'll, we'll have to we, see. I wish we could do polls during the podcast. You know, wouldn't that be a cool feature? So anyways, there, there's a bunch of stuff I was thinking about what would be cool. We're going to have an episode about like what would be some cool features on eBay. I was thinking about that today mm. just because I, I anyways, that's for another episode. This is a level up review. Yeah. But before we get started, hey, just want to say thank you to all of you that have done the buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. Uh, you know, we're always we're, we're still in need of supporters just to continue on. And so if if you could, we're I think we have an overlay showing up right now while we're talking. Yeah. And so just go to buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. Or there's a link below and you could sponsor us and do that membership or just a one-time gift. Uh, but we're grateful for anything that you could do. It's It's been super helpful and uh, it just keeps us moving along. So thank yeah, you. That's right. All right. So jumping right into part two of uh, how to win friends and influence people. So this first section, like I said, there's six chapters. Each one kind of has a title uh, and a principle at the end, just like the previous one uh, did. And uh, this one, the title is Do This and You'll Be Welcome Anywhere. And I really like this chapter because um, it, the the underlying principle is to be genuinely interested in other people. If you're genuinely interested in other people, you're going to be more likable. People are going to want to have you around. And I'm, I think this section is going to be a combination of a confession session for me. And then also like maybe a little bit of bragging of the areas I do well. And this is an area I don't do well in. Well, but here's the thing. So when we read these books, right, we, when we talk about it, we talk about it based on the authority of the author. 
right? So whenever we're sharing things, it's not like, hey, we are the gurus. Like, we no. know what we're talking about. It's more like, hey, this is what the author expresses. And sometimes we can own it and say, yeah, we do this really well. And other parts, we can say, yeah, you know, this is an area we have to work in. Yeah. And this is, I know this is an area I need to work in because um, I'm, I'm naturally, I think everybody's naturally pretty selfish. And I think some people's selfishness comes off better than others as far as their interactions <laughs> in the yeah. sense that if, if you're selfish enough and part of, part of this even could be selfishly motivated, right? In order to be welcomed, in order to have better relationships. So it's kind of you focused, uh, but being genuinely interested in other people. I notice a lot of times if I find that somebody is like abnormally interesting, they've got like a really cool story, or I think that they have something they can offer me. Um, I tend to be more interested in in their conversation, what they have to say. But I'm I notice a lot of times, um, maybe older people that I know, for instance, might be an example. They're talking to me, and I kind of like I listen to what they're saying, but I'm just wanting to like move on with my day or whatever's going on. But to think like, wow, this person has their own story. They have their own life. They've done probably things that I can't even fathom, right? And so when you're actually genuinely interested, in like I want to get to know this person. Like, what's your story? What are some of the hard things you've been through in life? What are some of your biggest accomplishments? And he gives the example in the beginning of a dog and a dog being like a good example of an animal that is like the most loved animal. And this animal gets this because they don't actually offer anything to the person. They don't offer like a cow gives milk, chickens give eggs. Dogs just give like just affection. They're just interested in you. They want to be around you. They want to like be, you know, they're just interested in you. And so he uses that as a great example of like kind of how we should be. And I, I think there have been a few times where I'm like, all right, I'm not really, this person maybe bugs me a little bit, but I'm going to, I want to be interested in them because I, I'm sure I can learn some things from them. And I'm sure if I stepped out of myself for just a moment and realized the world didn't revolve around me, um, I could actually learn something from them and connect with them and then realize, hey, my life would actually be better if I was interested in this person and that person and the other people around me instead of just being focused on myself. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And he says it so eloquently. You know, the reason why this book is a good book, it is well-written. Not well written in the fact that it's like, you know, with prose and, and all that, but the fact that it's easy to understand, to grasp the concepts, right? And he says it right off on page 52. He says, you can make more friends in two months by becoming genuinely interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. Let me repeat that. You can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people that you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. Yeah. And, and the people, the people that I find, I, if I walk away from a conversation, like, man, I really like that person. If I really think back and look at it, it's like, I think I did most of the talking in that conversation. They were asking me questions about myself. Like, but it's so easy to do that. That's yeah. why I, you know, it's, it, it totally relates to reselling in so, so many ways, because, you know, especially when you go full time, you're very isolated. Right. And, and you measure your time. And so I was, I've been back and forth. There was a time in my life when people, you know, I just, I think Casey Nasset just uh, dropped a video like three weeks ago or something about like the power of saying no, saying no to people. Right. And I remember watching that and, and a decade ago, I'd been like, yeah, like say no to everyone. Like your time is important. Your time is valuable. But now I'm kind of like, ah, I'm not sure that is the best way to go. I think there's a balance. It's hard to find that balance. Right. I mean, if Mike has to choose his family over me, like he needs to tell me no. Like, that's okay, right? But in business, right, sometimes it's better, you know, like even when you're reselling, I was thinking today about like garage sales, like we're at garage sales and it was a community one. I'm like in a hurry, like I got to get going, right? But what helped was I was able to get better deals at certain places 
by being genuinely interested, like, and we'll talk about this in our update episode, but one location we went to, there is an individual who was getting out of reselling. Now I could have very easily just been like, I'm about business. Like this is how much I want to pay. And then he, we haggle, I'll get my stuff and I roll out and I'm done. Right. But instead I actually did take genuine interest just because I'm a reseller. Like it was, that was an easier one. Right. But you know, Hey, what's going on? Like, okay, why are you burnt out? Why are you, you know, selling this stuff for so cheap? And out of that conversation, I ended up getting a really sweet deal, right? Because when I spoke about, you know, certain items are going to take me longer to sell. I'm not sure about this one. I spoke with more authority because to him, like I genuinely had an interest in what he was doing and I cared, which is true. All those things are true. I didn't have to fake that at all. And it worked out. And so this, this applies to everything. I mean, I remember as, as an administrator, as a teacher, like, and I'm going to share a lot of educational things I learned because this, this applies when, when you're in teaching, I forget what it is, but you make like thousands of choices every day in interacting with people. Right. If you're, if you're in law enforcement, same deal, right. If you're in the medical profession, same deal. I mean, this, this book applies to (laughs) everything. Right. And it's very important for you to be genuinely interested. And I, and I say that because the times I can remember as an administrator that I had conversations go poorly was when I was, you know, I was taught, I had two, I had two leaders in my life as far as when I was an administrator. There's the one that was like 15 minute appointments. That's it. If you're not done in 15 minutes, you tell him, I'm sorry, I got to go. <laughs> then there's the other guy that would like talk. He told me you take as long as you can. And so he would have meetings that go for like an hour and a half, two hours, right? Both extremes. Right. There, there was an in-between. But here, here's what I learned in all that is that the moment I tried to push what I felt was the best idea, which truly was the best idea, it, it really was, you know, the best for the student, for the parent. If I didn't hear them out, I didn't hear what they're going through, what they're interested in and so on. And I just said, hey, this is what happened. This is what we're going to do. It, <laughs> a lot of the times it didn't end up well. Yeah, no, very true. And and in fact, I mean, this can apply to reselling. I mean, I think it's obvious how this applies to so many areas of life. But I was just thinking today I was at a garage sale and I asked about an item and I said, hey, is this new? And then the person told me like, yeah. And they explained why it was new, that that there was a person in their life that was buying items for kids and they never had kids. And so I had, I had a little conversation with them about that. And I talked about, you know, their family member and what it was like and, and you know, the, the pain they went through. And then when I ended up buying this box of stuff, I got a really good deal on it. And now would I have gotten that same deal had I not taken the, the 10 minutes or maybe it wasn't even that long, it was maybe only five minutes to just talk about this person's family. And, and all I did is just ask a couple questions and let them talk. And he quotes in, in this book a few times, uh, basically this concept of we're most interested in people who are interested in us. And if that's true of us and it's true of other people, because people want admiration, people want to feel important. And it actually takes a lot of pressure off as an introvert. A lot of times there's this pressure of like, I need to be interesting when I'm around people. I've got to have cool stories to tell. I've got to be able to, to, you know, talk about my accomplishments and my, I want them to be interested in me. But honestly, it takes a lot of pressure off if it's like, you know what, in this conversation, in the same way that I'm most excited about conversations when I leave and I realize like, oh man, they asked me a lot of questions about me and let me talk about myself. That's all you have to do is just ask questions about them when they tell you, yeah, I'm a, I'm an engineer. Oh, really? How'd you get into that? And then they kind of tell you their backstory. And then you, were you always interested? And just ask questions and almost like it's an interview. Just let them talk about themselves. People will fill that time. People love to talk about themselves. And it's strange how they don't notice that. No, they don't. Th- that that's the part that always gets me because I know people that 
they're like, oh, he's the nicest guy, a great conversation. And I've seen him in an interplay and that person will say like, oh, explain to me uh, like what that means or tell me more. And that's all they said for Just like half an hour. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But yes, it's 100 percent true. Yeah. I mean, maybe we're thinking of, of a similar person or, or the same person, but I knew one person that you I call him bald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same uh, guy. Well, uh, and another guy like it, it was interesting that. Every time you you say something like "How's it going?" like "Oh man, it's just a busy day," or "I'm I'm just a little overwhelmed." Oh really? Why is that? Instead of the normal answer, right? Like I'd give it like "Oh man, I know how it is." Right? Hang in there, and <laughs> you then you move on, moving. right? But instead, it's like "Oh yeah," or "Or man, I, I'm I'm doing good today." Oh yeah, why is that? And it's like then I have to stop and think like, "Wait a minute, why am I doing good?" Well, you know, like this is, and I start explaining some stuff, and then I feel better about myself, and I walk away from that conversation, and I realize they didn't tell me anything about their lives unless like the conversation opened up and I was talking back and forth. But just, just that's an easy conversationalist and, and a conversation starter. And um, he kind of goes on and he kind of ends this section with this idea of like greeting people with like animation and enthusiasm and say hello in a way that makes people feel like you're actually excited to see them. And there's a big difference when you see somebody and you're just like, hey, how's it going? You know, you just give a little nod or a, a wave as opposed to like lighting up and acting like this is a person that you haven't seen in a long time. When you see somebody and, and you actually and I, I hate the idea of like fake it till you make it. Be, I mean, it's hard to create this genuine enthusiasm, but when you see somebody, even if you just saw them yesterday at work, make it seem, make them feel like they're important in your life. Hey, how's it going? It takes Actually practice. Be excited. It takes practice. I mean, I'll tell you. So I'll give you my, one of my experiences. So I grew up in, in San Francisco and I grew up in the mission, which right now it's all gentrified. But back then it was like, it was, it was, you know, pretty much all Latinos. And I always learned, like, when you get on the bus, you never make eye contact with anybody. Like, you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't like a rough part, but, you know, you just, you knew your place, right? You, like, you didn't mess with people. Then when I went to the Midwest and I went to school in the Midwest, like, every time I'd pass people, I'd be like, how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm like, this is weird. Like, why are people so friendly? And everybody like, how are you doing? I'm fine. Good. And you? Great. All right. And I'm like, what, what is it? Like, what world did I just, you know, land in? And I'm glad I had that experience because eventually I, I learned how to, you know, do that more. Like, it's just, it's just nice. Like people like, and we'll talk about smiling later on, but it, you know, it encourages people. But the other thing I, I also learned to do was I'd always go up to people, like ask me how I'm doing. I'm just like, well, that's kind of a loaded question. Do you really want to know? Right. And then you can open a conversation. Or I'd ask somebody else. I said, hey, I'm going to ask you a really loaded question. I want to know how you're doing. Tell me how you're doing. And, but it just, it just takes practice. Right. And I wanted to share two things. That I liked what he said here because we're talking about reselling. We're talking about business, but this can apply to everything. This can apply like to a marriage. This can apply to the kids. It can apply to anything. But he does say overall, he says, I never forgot that to be genuinely interested in other people is a most important quality for a salesperson to possess for any person for that matter. Right. And, and that's what we are. We're salespeople in the end, right? Where sometimes we're trying to buy, but as salespeople, we're trying to get that better deal. Right. And, and vice versa. But then he, he met, you know, this, this brought to me a, a very funny, uh, um, situation from the office. Do you remember in the office when, when Michael had his own paper, paper company and then Dwight, was competing with him and then Dwight came across his Rolodex. Do you remember that at all? Uh, I don't remember. It's been too long. Okay. So anyway, some of you guys will remember. So on this Rolodex, like Michael Scott kept like important information about each individual that they sold paper to, mm. but he had kind of his own code. If it meant green, it meant to like go away and don't talk about it. If it was orange, it says 
aren't you glad that it died and you should talk about it? But Dwight thought green was like what you should talk about mm-hmm. and the orange you shouldn't talk, whatever. So it, it's really funny, but I'm not going to get into the details of the joke. But the what sticks out to me is the important lesson that, you know, I always laugh about this. Michael Scott was actually a very empathetic, like genuine person. He he was a piece of work and he was arrogant too, right? But you think about that one time when he went to the art studio and like he was the only person that showed up and bought that piece of art from Pam and it meant a lot. Mm. So right. Anyway, sorry, I'm not this isn't the office podcast, but I was thinking about this because how many times, like in that scenario, did Michael know like the people, the reason he was able to make sales, like he knew the individuals, right? He knew what they were about. He was genuinely interested in them. And there's this other episode where Dwight and um, I can't remember who's Pam's Pam's love interest. How can I not remember him? Oh, this is I, I can remember the actor's name. Oh, this is killing me. You guys, you're listening to this podcast right now. You're like, you are not uh, an Office I mean, fan. I watched Office, but it was like when I was right out of high school. Jim, so. Jim, Jim, Jim. <laughs> okay. So when Dwight and Jim, they acted like a, a father, like a father and son, and they tried to meet with another father and son and try to broker a deal. And the way they're able to make the connection is they were genuinely interested in the relationship of the other person. And so anyways, it, it, they're funny, funny examples, but it's so true that when people actually believe that you care about them and you know about them, and again, it can come off really fake. That's why I mean, you you can't. Go from point A. I truly believe you can't go from point A to point B, uh, just like overnight. It just it just takes practice. And so, I, I was really encouraged by this chapter. So I'll end it with the final part. Uh, if he says he says, if you want others to like you, if you want to develop real friendships, if you want to help others at the same time as you help yourself, keep this principle in mind. Become genuinely interested in other people. Yeah, it's really good, and I, it reminds me. I think I mentioned on an earlier podcast. Um, and then we'll move on because we're spending a lot of time on this first chapter. But um, that's right. We got like five more. Yeah. Um, we I read a, a Flannery O'Connor novel a while back, uh, The Violent Bear Away. And in the beginning or one of the earlier chapters in that book, um, the the main character, the protagonist, is driving in the car with this guy who picked him up. So he's like hitchhiking. And the guy was like a salesman. I think he was a salesman. And he gives the protagonist a like a life lesson. And he basically explains that. He, when he goes door to door, he keeps a little notepad and he writes down like a person's name that he meets and then like a couple of facts about him. And it's interesting because it's the same concepts here in this book. And then he goes, because, and, and the, the guy was a, a, a terrible person in the, in the book, the, the guy who picked him up. But he basically says, like, I don't really care about this person. But when I go see them, I can say, Hey, how's your mom doing? Is she, is she still got cancer? And, because I, right before I go see them, I look back at my book and like, all right, what did I write down about them? And he goes, and I automatically get the sales because I pretended like I was interested in them. Right. And so I think there's that line of trying to find, okay, there's a snaky way of doing it. And I think people see through it and that's going to lead into this next chapter, but then there's a, a genuine way and it takes practice to do, uh, but one of those genuine ways of doing it and, and it looks, and it's so obvious if it's not genuine, but is a smile. Right. And that brings us into chapter two. Such a simple concept. Yeah. It's just smiling. And he talks later on actually in another chapter about like smiling on the phone, but I think it's true. No, same chapter. Is it the same chapter? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but smiling is so important because when you smile, um, it, it's, it's, it's really contagious. I mean, you can see all of the, the, the studies they've done. People will mirror. We talked about that with, uh, the, um, the never split the difference, but, but the mirroring concept and it works both ways, right? If some if people are really upset around you, it's going to bring you down. But if you've got a really big smile on your face and you're genuinely happy, 
it's harder for people to be upset around you, right? Kind of like the old, like, I don't know if, if you heard this, like in marriage counseling or whatever, but like when you argue, hold hands while you argue, right? Because it's really hard to be very, very upset with each other when there's like affection happening. And the same thing with smile, like it, it, just smiling. And he kind of even says, you know, even if you wake up and you're grumpy and you're upset, Start whistling a tune, hum to yourself, smile, and you're gonna, your actions and your feelings are kind of connected. And a lot of people think actions follow feelings. And he puts forth the the idea that they're so closely connected that sometimes your feelings will follow your actions. I can really, I mean, we have so many garage sale examples, but I mean, we've all been there, right? You you show up at a garage sale and then there's there's a couple other resellers and some of them just, they're just mean looking, not mean looking like they, they look like mean like they don't take care of themselves like mean looking like they don't smile like it's mm-hmm. early in the morning it's only business like right and and i can't tell you how many times i've been able to show up and i just break the ice i'm like hey how's it going been swamped today it's been kind of crazy huh and da, da 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 and you just make that small talk but you're smiling that whole time i i can't tell you like you gain the attention of those individuals right and it's it's natural like who wants to be around people that look mean and i get it you know, we, we, we joke about that some people have certain resting faces, mm-hmm. right? And it's true. Like, it's true. I mean, I, I've known people personally in my life that had that face and it was always a problem. Like, you know, you'd see these individuals, like whether it be at church, whether it be at a business meeting or, you know, I remember teacher meetings, like you always knew like who was going to, you know, whine about something because of their facial expression. And you were less likely. I remember myself as an administrator I avoided those people. <laughs> Sorry, Mike, but I didn't avoid you though. You smiled, but uh, I avoided those people because it's like, why? Why? I already know what I'm getting before you even open your mouth. And imagine, like you just said. So, if it's true, if and I hope that's true of me that I was for the most part smiling and happy you're um, good. at work. You're good. But then imagine there's a time when I'm not. You're giving a meeting, and you could tell. Like I'm normally like, even if I don't agree with something, I'm always going to greet you with a smile and be happy. But if you could tell that I'm not you see on my face that I'm actually upset, you're probably more likely to go, ooh, right? So if you're that person who's always upset, always grumpy, you never got a smile on your face, nobody's going to ever really care that you're upset or frustrated about something. Like Orlando said, they're going to try and avoid you. But if you're always cheery, you're always cheerful, and then and there know, is that, a time. That does come across harsh, but it's it's true. No. Like, you know, especially, and I don't mean to cut you off. Actually, he talks about people that always interrupt. Um <laughs> But the re- the reason I say that is because that might some come across harsh, right? When you say that, like, but but it's true because you know there's I think there's different levels of people. There are people that are always willing to listen, like you know that person that you can go to and they're always like ride or die with you. Mm-hmm. They'll listen to you no matter what. Then there's the other person that like they they don't want anything to do with drama. Like they're they're good being friends with you, but once drama hits, they're like I'm out. Right. And those kind of people, like you, you'll lose them. Right. And some might argue they're not real friends. I don't know about that, but I think everybody has their tolerance level. And then there's the last, last person that just, you know, they're only there to use you. Right. <laughs> and so I, you're right. You're right. And I just wanted, I wanted to add context to that because it's true. Like seeing is, you know, it, it's very, how can I put this? It's, it's very off putting. Right. When you see somebody not smiling, but when you see somebody smiling, it's the opposite effect. Yeah. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. 
So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, And we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, You need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, So first of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, You're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, And your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. Hey, everyone. Ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code, all in caps, PureHustle25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to Sellhound.com and subscribe using our promo code, PureHustle25. 25. Now I found uh, the quote that I was kind of talking about with, with as far as like forcing yourself and actually allowing your feelings to follow your actions. And he says this psychologist, William James says, action seems to follow feeling, but really action and feeling go together. Thus the sovereign voluntary path to cheerfulness is to sit up cheerfully and to act and speak as if cheerfulness was already there. And later on, he goes on to say, and he gives another quote, he says, there's nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. And it reminds me of, we did a Jocko Willink book a while back, but he's got this phrase. um, He brings it up multiple times in his podcast, but it's just good, right? And the story that he gives is, um, he had a subordinate who'd come to him with problems like, Hey, we had this go wrong and they they cut our funding on this, or we're not going on this mission, or they just gave us this. And he goes, every time he came with a problem to me, I'd say good. And at one time he came to me with a problem and he goes, I already know what you're going to say. And he said, what am I going to say? He said, you're going to say good. And he says, well, it is good. And he goes, cause no matter what the situation is, you can, you can find the good in it. And, and he goes, if he's got like a, there's a, a YouTube video. You could probably just look it up. Jocko willing. Good. It's so inspiring. But he's like, he gives everything. You you sprained your ankle, 
good. You needed you needed a break. You didn't get the you know high tech gear you needed for the job. Good. You can focus on the basics. You didn't get the promotion. Good. You can focus on the building yourself up so you can get a, a better job somewhere else. You didn't. You can find the good in situations. So when something goes wrong and and you can be upset, I'm not saying don't be upset, but look for the good and find the cheerfulness. Right. Um, a good example of this is when the whole COVID thing happened. Um, my, my work basically had to say like, Hey, we can't give you guys bonuses this year, uh, because you know, it's just making a huge impact on our, on our, our finances. And, um, you know, we're going to have to do this and distance learning has been really challenging on teachers, but instead of being grouchy and upset, I know some people are, it's like, I still have a job, right? Like, this is good. Like I, as bad as things are, like there's good, Hey, I'm saving some money on gas. This is good. Like, so you can find and be cheerful. And honestly, people would rather be around you. I mean, it's, it's nice. I mean, the whole complaining session, like people like to do that, but, um, I, I really respect there's a guy on my team and he's an ex military guy and he kind of just doesn't put up with like the silly drama that happens at work and people get upset at stuff. He kind of just laughs it off and goes, man, there's so many bigger problems in the world. I don't really care. And it's like, you know, that's a cool attitude to have. And it's kind of contagious and it makes it harder to to be upset around those kinds of people who are just like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Like, could be worse. So try and be that person and learn to smile. Think of the best in things. Um, And, you know, even if even if you, you know, don't feel it, just smiling will make you. I mean, that's like, have you ever done the thing where you just start laughing? Like there's a, there's a, there's a, <laughs> I, I think I know what you're talking about. You I don't fake, know if I've done it myself. If you start fake laughing and you just keep fake laughing, eventually it turns into real laughing to the point where you're belly laughing and can't stop. I think there was a study about that. It's, it's like a real thing and it, it becomes contagious. And so like you can, you can make yourself feel better and who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to feel a little bit better in the day? So just smile a little, try and find some, <laughs> some, some levity in the situation and, and be, be okay. So we'll end this chapter real quick with this quote. I think he encapsulates everything here real well. He says, your smile is a messenger of your goodwill. Your smile brightens the lives of all who see it. To someone who has seen a dozen people frown, scowl, or turn their faces away, your smile is like the sun breaking through the clouds, especially when that someone is under pressure from his bosses, his customers, his teachers, or parents, or children. A smile can help him realize that all is not hopeless, that there is joy in the world. So smile. I like it. All right, chapter three. This one's this one's another confession one for me. Is this a confession? I'm one? really bad at this one. So uh, what was this about? So this one is remembering people's names. Uh, I think I think we're all well. I'm guilty of it. With some people you. are really good at this. Now here's the thing. Nobody it, because people care about themselves so much. Um, there's no better word in the English language than their own name. Right. That's what people have kind of <laughs> said. And so people love hearing their name. And of course, there's a way of overusing it and and you know, you don't want to say someone's name too many times, but if you remember somebody's name, man, I'm always impressed when I see somebody again that I haven't seen in a long time and they remember my name. And it's like, it makes you feel like, Hey, like I must've made an impression on so them. So I had a, I was thinking about, I got a few things to say about this, but I had a question for you. I was thinking about this. So I'm always perturbed when like I'm out to dinner with somebody and they never got to know like the, the server's name and they'll like, they'll, they'll out of nowhere, like really name tag. Surely that would be great if you brought that over. And I'm like, like does Shirley feel annoyed by that mm. or, or is it, is that a good thing? What are, what are your thoughts on that? One? I don't know. Um, I you know what I'm talking about yeah, when people do that. He, he gives actually an example of that in the book of, of doing that at a deli. And I, there, there, I've tried it a couple of times, like at a grocery store and I'm checking out and you could see somebody's name and it's like, you know, Tom or whatever. And it's like, Hey, thanks Tom. 
And then sometimes they look at you a little odd. Yeah, like, that's what I, I mean. You? Yeah. Like, um, who are you? Yeah. And, and so maybe it's not always the best in, in like just those kind of interactions. Um, but I think I think there is a good, a, a, the right way to do it. And I think people use the excuse and I use the excuse all the time. I'm just really bad at memorizing names. Um, but then you hear, and I think the best example I ever heard is if somebody told you right now that you'd get a million dollars if you memorize this person's name that you're talking to, you would remember it. Mm hmm. So you're, it's not that you're not capable of remembering their name. We just don't actively try to do it. And so it, it, it's something that takes practice. Um, and so, again, like this is like you said, like if you're just using their name off their name tag and it kind of comes across condescending or just awkward. Uh, but if you're talking to somebody at a garage sale, right, and you introduce yourself and you're learning about the story and they've got this cool collection, you ask them about it. Hey, how did, when did you start collecting Coca-Cola stuff? Is this yours? Oh, it's your mom's? Like, you know, and then you start to have this conversation and at the end, like maybe you say their name or as you're talking to them, maybe it's, as you are in the middle of conversation, like, oh, I'm, I'm Mike, by the way, nice to meet you. Then they give you your name and then use it maybe one more time before like, hey, come on, Tom, like, can we go a little bit lower? That's probably a good thing to do. Now, if you're doing it every couple seconds, yeah, Tom, you got to read, Tom, you got to read the Tom, 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 Tom. <laughs> you got to read the situation. Yeah. But, you know, it's. I'm really hardcore about this. So I'm very big on it. I'll explain a little bit, but I like what he says. He was talking about Andrew Carnegie and how he had his steel industry and, and guy was a, a super wealthy individual. Like he didn't have to know people's names. Right. But he mentions here about how he was able to rise in the business. And he says this policy of remembering and honoring the names of his friends and business associates was one of the secrets of Andrew Carnegie's leadership. He was proud of the fact that he could call many of his factory workers by their first names. And he boasted that while he was personally in charge, no strike ever disturbed his flaming steel mills, which is, is super important. Then he, he says this later on. He says, most people don't remember names for the simple reason that they don't take the time and energy necessary to concentrate and repeat and fix names indelibly in their minds. They make excuses for themselves. They are too busy. And, and I, th and I thought about this cause I'm so big about names. Like I, I get so mad at myself if I don't remember a name, because I, I think this is probably the, one of the top three concepts in the entire book. And I'll give you an example. I was really, Mike doesn't remember this probably, but I was really, really all about this when I was an administrator, I would tell teachers that you need to have everybody's names memorized by the third week. Now, granted, I didn't, our school was a private school. It wasn't a school, you know, you had teachers that had, you know, three, 400 students, like they would have maybe a hundred to 200. Right. But I was very big. So my very first day of school, I would always, when I was a teacher, I just did an icebreaker. And in that icebreaker, I would have students write their first name and their last name. Then I'd have them write what, you know, what uh, their hobbies were, what was their favorite movie, what was their favorite TV show, book that they enjoyed, favorite thing they did in the summer and all this. And I literally would spend the entire class period just doing that. And I did that so I could always, you know, mnemonically tie their names to certain things. And by week two, I had all their names memorized. But it went a long way. Like as far as development rapport, it was a great tool. And I think that's with anybody, like always try to re remember something. And, and he, he talks about this in this chapter, but I, I can tell you how many times, like, for example, I've had people that have reached out to me, even in reselling that have been, you know, trying to reach a deal. And they're like, they'll say, Hey, it's Dale from blah, blah. I'm like, Oh yeah. I remember you're from, you know, Escondido. And we were talking about the Harley stuff and, and your wife didn't want to sell the Harley stuff. Cause she was going to do this. And they're like, Oh, you remember all that? It's been over a year. I'm like, yeah. 
And I'm telling you, it, it makes great strides to brokering a deal. Like names are are so key. Uh, and I'll give you just a slight tip. He he mentioned this in here about pronouncing names, and I think it's very good. Uh, you know, being that Orlando knows how to butcher names like there's no other all the time. But I I really get the sense that people love love it when their name's like a more difficult name, and you actually spend the time and go at the end and go, okay, I your name is can you repeat it i just want to make sure i say it right one more time and they say it to you and then you say it back and you do that until you get it right and and that number one helps you remember it and number two that person feels like you actually care about their name yeah and then going even back to the never split the difference i think uh there's what did he i can't remember the the terminology but where you basically um come you, you put all the blame on yourself right up, up front and you kind of give you the worst of yourself. So if you know this oh, yeah. is something you're not good at and you maybe they have a difficult name to pronounce, make light of the fact that that you're terrible with names, right? So what was your name again? I didn't catch it. And they give you your name and you could say like, look, I'm going to butcher this three times I do it before all the, time. the end of this yeah, conversation. So true. if I do, just hit me up on the, uh, hit me on the back of the head and tell me I'm a dummy and I'll get it right. Right. I tell my students this all the time and they kind of laugh at it. And it, it allows me to, if I do mess up their name, I can be like, oh, I messed it up, didn't I? Okay. One more time. And it's a joke. And it's not so much like, Hey, I'm being insensitive. Whereas I could easily just pronounce someone's name wrong the whole year right because they don't want to correct and i and and I, i've come across as if i can't be corrected but and some you, people won't correct you yeah no that, that's sure. that is the word or have you ever i've done this did i did i share it on this podcast i did it with somebody where literally i think probably three months i was calling somebody by a different name the latest example i can remember is i had a bulk deal i was buying cowboy boots and the guy's name was like john and i kept calling him andy mm. and he even responded to andy and I could tell at the end, he's like, hey, by the way, my name is actually John. And I'm like, ooh, like, did that hurt my chances of being able to buy more? Like, I oh, wonder. Yeah, for sure. And and it even reminds me of, of you're a big Office fan. I love The Office, too. I need to go back through and rewatch the series. Uh, but I'm also a big Parks and Rec fan. And I love the fact that the boss in Parks and Rec he he's kind of like a, a gruff guy who doesn't necessarily like get along with everybody. I mean, he's a lovable character, uh, but he does this funny thing a couple of times in the season uh, where somebody who's worked in the office for a long time uh, comes up to him and says something and they almost seems like they're, they're developing a little bit of friendship. And as he's leaving, he purposely calls her the wrong name. And then he gives his little monologue in the screen and goes, if it ever seems like I'm getting too close to somebody, I purposely call them the wrong names. So they realize that I don't really care about them that much. Whoa. You know, and that, no, that's fact. And, and so like, if you really, the, the, the opposite of this is true too. If, if somebody, and, and I'm not telling you to bully anybody, but as much as somebody loves to hear their name, if you really wanted to insult somebody after having a conversation, wait, this is working against winning friends. Exactly. You can just leave and call them the wrong name. And then every time you see them do that, and it's just kind of a little dig at them. Like, yeah, I don't really care. Hey, John, uh, it's, it's Andy. All right. All right. See you later, John. That's like that's like a good little dig. So I'm not saying you should do that, but it works in both. It works both ways. Good and bad. And you never know when you're gonna upset people. Like all the time, people think my name's Alonzo. Alonzo. <laughs> and I'm like, where? Like the worst is when you know I'm ordering online or something like over the phone. I mean, over the phone, and I show up to the place. They're like, Orlando. We don't have any Orlando in the system. Mm. Are you Alonzo? I'm like, seriously. Like it, it, it preserves you. Like it bothers you. That's the second time I've said that word, but. It, it, it annoys you. So names, I can't tell you like names are so, so, and, and it and is spelling. Tough. It is tough. Like you, it literally does take focus. It does. It does. Cause it's so easy 
for you to go like, what's your name? Oh, cool. Yeah. And then literally it could be five minutes and you forget that person's name. Yep. And again, like he says, it's just because we don't want to take the time to do it. If you if you knew you'd get a million dollars, if you memorize their name, you'd memorize it. And so and it probably wouldn't take you that much effort. It'd probably be like a minute of just thinking about their name. I mean, how many new people do you meet? You don't have to remember everybody's name. But if you if you're a, an employer and you got 40 people underneath you, you you should know their names. You should be able to walk up and call them by their names, right? I, I had one when I worked at the, the call center and I was a manager there. We had one guy come from corporate a couple of times and yeah, he learned all the dispatchers' names by like the second time he came. And I tell you what, people, when they saw him, they, they lit up. They were excited to see him. Other people from corporate would come and they didn't care. So it makes a difference. Oh, huge, huge. All right. Hey, we're through the halfway point. So real quick, yeah. wanted to mention if you have a chance or you should uh, be following us on social media, we drop a lot of content there too. We are Pure Hustle Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. We are also Pure Hustle Cast on Twitter. Except for some reason, the other day I wasn't able to like tweet stuff out. I don't know what was going down. Hmm. It's kind of weird. So, and also, uh, <laughs> that threw me off a little bit. You should watch this on YouTube. Hey, by the way, we drop videos every once in a while. I just dropped one on doing mass bulk editing of the item specifics required soon. And, you know, you, you wouldn't have known unless you're on Instagram or unless you hit that subscribe button. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and the notification button to find out when things are dropping. Also, you can give us a call 619-738-1170 at 619-738-1170 or shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. Hey, again, want to say thank you guys for all the support. Um, we were still selling shirts, which is great. Uh, and, and a lot of you, again, we're having people write reviews. My goal is I'm hoping that we could be at 400 by year's end. As far as reviews right now, we're, I'm about to get it on here. I should have had this ready to go. Like right off the bat, we're at 344. And, uh, let me just read one of these. Cause I'm always, <laughs> you know, what always I enjoy is either what they say or their usernames. Cause you're like, huh, that's an interesting. So this username is. One six three eight four eight slash, uh, is that called an ampersand? Mm -hmm. Right, the sign, a uh, parentheses backslash question mark exclamation point comma eight colon eight exclamation point three parentheses water gun water gun. Yeah. So and and the reason why Orlando spent all of that time doing that is because names are important. And <laughs> there you go. Just time. But I just I was intrigued by that. And they said this is an amazing podcast for new and veteran resellers. I really love hearing that because sometimes. I wonder if people are like, Orlando, Mike, like we know better than you. Sorry. Uh, super informative. The tips I've learned from this podcast have helped me in my reselling journey immensely. Keep killing it, guys. So thank you so much. Uh, 163848 slash backslash ampersand uh, water guns. Let's <laughs> call water guns. <laughs> water guns. Hey. And as always, hey, appreciate all the support on buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. It's been really helpful. Uh, especially if you can do the memberships, that's great. Uh, and we're just trying to build that up some more. We're hope you know, we have a target goal, hopefully by the end of the year, uh, so we can keep moving forward and maybe, uh, be able to provide more as a podcast, uh, because that alleviates our, our time that we're using, uh, throughout the day because, you know, we're being compensated at the same time. So, yeah. so thank you so much. All right. You know, um, I appreciate when you listen to me and uh, that leads us to our next point, okay. which is be a good listener <laughs> and encourage others to talk about themselves. And, and to be honest, there's there's um, a little bit of redundancy in some of these. Uh, each principle kind of connects to in similar ways to, to previous principles, uh, but comes at it with a different angle and has some different quotes and backstories. You've got to read it in order to get all of the the 
the stories that they give to kind of connect to it, all of the connections uh, to history and people who've used these. Uh, but this one is just being a good listener. And one of the things he kind of says is the royal road to a person's heart is to talk about things that he or she treasures most. And so kind of along the same lines of asking people questions and letting them talk is to let people talk about the things that are interested to them. So maybe you're not interested in, in, in yachting or sailboats, but if the person you're talking to is really interested in those things, let them talk about that for a while. And then, and he gives a lot of examples in here of he's got a big ask. He's got, a, or a person has like a big ask, like, Hey, can you donate to my uh, organization or can can I get this sale? But instead of going to the meeting with that in mind, it's just let them talk about the things that are interesting in them. Oh man, I see you got oh, all these I, pictures of man. horses on the walls. Like, are you into horses? Yeah. Oh, you breed horses? Tell me about that. When did you, and just let them talk about that. And then by the end, they might say like, oh, so what'd you come in here for? And you could just mention it. And you, they already are so, because they feel like they, they're, they're going to associate the good feelings they're having about talking about the thing that they love to you because you're, they're experiencing it with them. And so it's so much easier to get the ask of, oh, I was just going to see, you know, I've got this product I'm trying to sell and they're going to be, they're going to pick you, even if you may not have the best deal, right? Business deals happen like this all the time where people are going to pick the person that they like over the person that gives them the better deal, right? So if it's, if you're trying to sell paper, right? Like going back to the office, if you're trying to sell paper and maybe you're, maybe you're 5% more expensive than the competitor, but they associate you and they think of you as the person who's awesome and cool and they like talking to you, they're going to go down that route. They're going to, if you're the person they want to invite over to a, a family party or to a barbecue, they're going to do business with you. And one of the best ways of doing that is just let them talk about the things that they like to talk about. It reminds me of a story, you know, going through education, uh, I always ran into people that were directors of development or people that raised money. And so I, I knew two and I knew one that it was very big on like, you never talk about giving money. Like don't, don't ever ask. You probably have to hang out with them three or four or five times. And eventually you do the big ask. The other person I knew never asked. Like it was, he always told me, he's like, they already know. Like you don't, you don't need to ask. The only thing that you need to answer them is that when they're eventually willing to give, be able to have that number and make sure that number is high so you can land somewhere. <laughs> But it, it, it was interesting to me because the second individual I knew, that guy could raise money all day long. And what he learned to do is he learned to make the message of whatever he was trying to raise money for to match up the interests of the individual. Right. So if the person was about, you know, some, some agenda and the agenda was kind of the same as what he was trying to push, like he just tweaked the message a little bit and he said, hey, with your donation, this is what we could do. And it worked all the time, but it, it's, it's like anything else. Like people are very big about themselves and what they care about. Right. And so this is, it, it, it's kind of, it's kind of rough to hear. Right. But it is human nature. Right. We usually, we will, we'll give money to things that we care about. Right. You'll buy a coffee for Pierce podcast. Cause you care about Pierce podcast, but you know, I liked what he said about Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln gave some advice to president Lincoln back in the 1860s. He said Lincoln hadn't wanted advice. He had wanted merely a friendly, sympathetic listener to whom he could unburden himself. That's what we all want when we, when we are in trouble, that is frequently all the irritated customer wants and dissatisfied employee or the hurt friend. So I'm going to turn this a little bit because that's on a good end. But they bring a story and this relates to reselling. Like how many times have you had people contact you via messages and whatever and like be really irate and angry and you're like, nope, I don't accept returns. 
or no, you can't do that. Or no, no free shipping or no, whatever. And you just turn them away. And I, I like the story he gives of this lady that was spending thousands at a store all the time. And she came in and, you know, the clerk was like, nope, 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 nope. Just a brick, just a wall, just a wall. Not going to do the return. Yeah. Not going to do the return. But eventually the manager showed up and says the manager listened attentively to the whole story, examined the coin. They said, special sales are final so we can dispose of merchandise at the end of the season. But this no return policy does not apply to damaged goods. We'll certainly repair or replace the lining or if you prefer, give your money back. What a difference in treatment. If that manager had not come along and listened to the customer, a long-term patron of that store could have been lost forever. And I think about that in, in reselling, how many times, especially with the big purchases, like I got slammed this week. I mean, $800 in returns, just ouch, like just, just hurt. Like one was a 320, one was a 200, another one was 150. And I, I had some opportunities to like not give them back their shipping. I had opportunities to say, nope, like it was fine. It was worked out. But here's the thing. Like some of those that bought stuff for me, they are return customers. So I'm not going to do that to them. Like as much as I lose at 200 or at 300, I'm going to gain more in the long run. And that you got to think about the long game, but it's, it's really, it's really hard because sometimes you don't want to hear the story. So my overall, you know, summation of, of what he talks about here is that everything needs to be looked at on a case by case basis. I think that will help you a lot because it's really, it, you know, it's easy when you establish policy, right? It's easy when you establish policy and you just stick to it all the time. That's the easiest way to go. Don't get me wrong. Nothing gets complicated. Everything's black and white. You're good to go. But my recommendation, if you can go case by case, you end up having a lot happier people that come to your side and will help you in the long run, right? That happened to me as an administrator. My first two years, I was like, nope. Here's a handbook. Here's the rules. Da da da. And I would, you know, I have people with pitchforks at my door, mm. right? But the moment, you know, I had a, a great leadership above me that pulled me aside and like Orlando, like you, I understand, like you feel the need <laughs> to enforce everything. You like you are the enforcer because you're the vice principal, but you got to look at things at a case by case basis. And once I started doing that, even though I'm sure some teachers didn't like that, like Mike, I'm joking. It it helped me along. It helped me go a long way with a lot of people, and it gained favor for later on when there were situations like we needed help here, or we needed this. It just it's it's a good tactic. Yeah, that's good. And I kind of messed up a little bit here. Um, I combined chapter four and chapter five together because uh, uh, chapter four is listening, and chapter five is the interest. My notes got a little mixed up, uh, but um, they, I think they go to, together well, right? Oh, so yeah, all, yeah, so, so the idea do. of letting people talk about what they're interested in. Um, and, and I'll go back to the listener one real quick, and then I'll mention one more thing for the the, the interest of people. So uh, when it comes to listening, when I was a manager of a call center, one of the things I was really good at um, was customers would be really upset about something. Technician didn't make it to their house on time. They feel like the dispatcher wasn't helping them. Whatever the situation was, they're upset. And one of the things that I would get, uh, we had a like a basically a complaint department. So when things got escalated, it was our escalation department. When things got really bad, it went to them and they were the people who were pretty good at smoothing things out. And if they couldn't handle it, then it was like, okay, manager has to come in. And a lot of times all I would do is just listen to them rant and complain about the people who are on the phone. And I know the person they're complaining about is the sweetest person and was doing everything they could to help them. But they're, you know, I'm just letting them talk and I'll, oh my goodness. Oh, they wouldn't. All they said was that they were just going to call you, call you back later. 
oh, that's terrible. And I just listen to them and I let them, and I, I basically let them vent. And by the time they're done venting, I basically say the same thing that my previous dispatcher told them, but because I've listened to them vent and I'm like, man, I'm so sorry this happened to you. I can't believe they treated you like that. How about this? How about we give you a call back? Uh, I'm going to take care of this. And then, you know, as soon as we have a resolution, we'll give you a call back. The same thing my, the previous person told them and they're like, okay, thank you for actually helping me. Um, and then I'd get off the phone. I'd, I'd pat my dispatcher on the back and be like, you did a good job. Don't worry. Uh, but it, just letting people vent that listening is, is, it can be really important. Just letting people vent. And then going back to the idea into the chapter five of uh, what interests people, um, as he mentions that one of the things that Theodore Roosevelt was good at is if he had a guest that was going to come and he's going to entertain a guest, he would actually take some time to study what that guest was interested in. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. And so think about that. Think about in that time, it would have been much more difficult. You'd have to what? Go get a... Uh, uh, an encyclopedia yeah, and be like, all right, like, how, do you, how do you even do that? Right. You'd have to, it'd be difficult. You got to find the books. You got to, he probably used the secret service to right. find out information. I, I need to learn about yachting because I don't know or whatever it is. But now with Google, like if you've got some people coming over, maybe my wife has got a friend. Talk about stalking people on Facebook. <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying like if my wife, my wife's friend's coming over and she's bringing her husband and it's like, okay, like, well, what is he into? Like, oh yeah, he's a, he's a, a car mechanic. He's really into cars. All right. And yeah, I guess he's working on this like Mike put some oil on his face when the guy shows up. <laughs> no, but like I, I, know, I don't I don't, I don't know. know anything about cars, but it's like if I could do a little bit of research, like, oh, he's building like a Nova. Let me do a little bit of research on this stuff so that when we're having conversation, I can hold the conversation with him. I can ask him questions and be like, Oh, that's the oh, that was the 79. Like, oh man, isn't that the year that they had like the bigger engine? I don't know much about cars, but I know that, that was like a good year. Just by saying that, like their eyes light up, they're really excited just a little bit of research and it allows the conversation to go better. And so you're not going to know everything about people, but that even goes with that interaction when you're, when you're dealing with somebody at a garage sale and you're talking to somebody, do a little bit of research. And if you have a little bit of background information, if they're telling you about, yeah, I used to play music and I used to do that. If you've got a little bit of information about that, or as you're walking around doing some, you know, scanning other items, maybe look up a couple of things real quick about that band that they're to keep talking about that might help your conversation, right? Like little things, a little bit of research, know what people are interested in. I do this with my students all the time. I'm not a gamer. I don't play video games at all, but I know that they love Minecraft. I know they love Fortnite. And so before the start of the year, I, I'll ask like one of the students that's leaving, like, hey, what's like, what's really popular right now? They tell me so that when the next group of kids comes up, I've already watched like 10 YouTube videos, spent like an hour of time learning about, I don't know, tech decks or whatever they're into so that when they have them, I could be like, oh, that's cool. That's the new one, right? With the new print. And they like are like, you know about these? And it's like, yeah, of course, man. And they think I'm the coolest person ever because I spent 15 minutes learning about the thing that they're interested in. And that goes for adults too. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had people talk to me about something that I'm interested in. I'm like, Wow, these people are really cool, right? It doesn't. I. I don't think. I. I don't think age, like, holds back that that feeling of camaraderie or that feeling like this person cares about me. I mean, it, it's it's a big deal. It's a really big deal, and so I, I really like that concept. All right, so let's jump to chapter six. Chapter six. It's titled "How to Make People Like You Instantly." And I like what he says here. He says, "Always make the other person feel important." Like he just puts it in italics in the in the second in the second uh, page. And I think it's very good. Now, you never know when you're going to make people feel important, right? And, and here he gives different stories about, you know, about people that are leaders and so on. But he says, you don't have to wait until you're an ambassador to France or chairman of the 
clambe committee of your lodge. What, what is a clambe committee? Okay. Of your lodge before you use a philosophy of appreciation. You can work magic with it almost every day. Little phrases such as, I'm sorry to trouble you. Would be would you be so kind as to? Won't you please? Would you mind? Thank you. Little courtesies like these oil the cogs of the monotonous grind of everyday life. And incidentally, they're the hallmark of good breeding. Man, this is some antiquated language. <laughs> but it's so true. Like one of my favorite lines I love using all the time is like, hey, I don't mean to waste your time. And automatically you get the sense like they they feel important because they're like, oh, you actually care. Like you're not just coming in and inserting, you know, your ideas like you, your, your time, you know, my time is valuable to you. And so I do that all the time or I'm sorry, I don't mean to bother you. Like I know it sounds trite. Like some people are like, just get to the point. But I'm very big on that because it it opens up the door, right? Then the person can go like, actually, I don't have time and they move on, right? But if they they want time, right? They feel they want to feel appreciated. It's a big deal. I mean, I'll never I'll never forget one of the, one of the biggest um encouragements I got. We used to take these uh, random surveys when I worked at a school, and, and it was to the parents, and man, it was so like I had some ooh, some people did not like me, and then I had a crowd that loved me. And I'll never forget one of the statements that really made an impact on me. And I always kept it even to this day, as far as like in the back of my mind, when I talked to people, it was like somebody had mentioned like there was, you know, Orlando came up to me. He smiled. He asked me how I'm doing. He genuinely, genuinely cared about me. I didn't even remember this person. Like, I don't remember this situation ever happening. But he said he was the only person at that school that evening that came over and talked to me and asked me questions. And this is why I have my child here. And I was like, Whoa, like, okay. But you never know. Like that's why the book is titled how to win friends and influence people. Because all these things, like hopefully in time become second nature and you're able to do this on a consistent basis, but it, you, you don't have to be a big shot. You don't have to be, you know, here's the reason why, like you watch some of these ads on YouTube like people actually click on these ads, no matter how silly, no matter how stupid, no matter how they look, they somehow are able to come across as genuine, even though, you know, man, even the ones on our YouTube scammy, scammy, but how, how's their language? Their language is like, Hey, we know you want the best for your family. You know, we understand the struggles. We've been there true too. you know, we want to partner with you, blah, 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 blah. It's because they share a genuine interest. And so people feel important. They're like, oh, this person really has an interest in me. Yeah, I want to sign up for that. I want to do that. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think we talked about this in part one, too, but it's so good with this idea of, of making people feel appreciated when you have to ask somebody to do something. Um, and I mentioned I gave some examples last time of people asking me to do stuff and then kind of making me feel like I was the only one who could do it or I was important enough to do it. Um, and I, I try and use the same thing too. And and I, I try to mean it. I don't make up fake stuff. But if I have to bug my administrators about something, I'm going to go to them and I'm going to start off with like, hey, like Orlando said, I hope I'm not wasting your time. Sorry to bug you. I know you're super busy right now with all the craziness that's going on. Boom. Automatically, I've, I've acknowledged the fact that they've got important stuff going on. Um, and then I'll say something like, but I know like you're you're like our ambassador here. You're the one that makes, that has our back, uh, our teacher, you know, as teachers, you have our back. Boom. Again, I've just lifted them up a little bit, right? Like, all right. So now and whatever then, I'm going to ask, they're going to feel like I, I've already kind of implied and said like, Hey, we, I acknowledge this. You always have our back. And then I 
give them the ask, like, can you, can you help us with this? Is this something we can do? Or am I just looking at this wrong? Right. And I give them the out, right. So that they can say like, Oh no, we actually have to do it this way because, or it's like, yeah, you know what, if that's a concern you have, I, I do have your back. Right. And so I appreciate them. I show, I value what you're doing. And it's not just like, I'm going in like, I've already asked this before. Can you please do this? And, but it's like, you, Hey, you had our back last time and I'm sorry to ask again, but can you get our back again? When you do that, you're you're showing appreciation, genuine appreciation for what they've done. They're going to be more likely to do something in the future. And the key thing is what you said is, you know, you already had this relationship with this individual, mm-hmm. right? It didn't come out of nowhere. Like, you know, that that is never and never went. And, and, and it applies to reselling. Like you have a local deal, you have a connection that you can make constant money on. Like over time, don't just be all about like, here's my money. Okay, thanks. Like broker that relationship. Because in time, right, you're going to be able to make better deals. In time, you're going to be the go-to person, right? Because in the end, you're trying to win friends and you're trying to influence people because the next section is how to win people to your way of thinking, Mm. right? And that so very much applies to what we do as our businesses, right? The fact that, hey, when we are trying to make a deal, when we're trying to sell somebody, right, we're trying to get them to see why we why we think this is a good deal and why it should go this way or why you should buy a product from us, right? Why do we think that it's important and why at this price point, right? And so all these things play a part, right? So I'm going to quickly talk about it in a nutshell, right? He says, become genuinely interested in other people, right? And again, that's a t- I think that's the hardest one, right? Would you agree? Yeah, because it's got to be genuine. And, and, and so if you don't do it a lot, it really, I mean, it's going to be awkward. Yeah. Let's be real. It's going to be awkward. Smiling. That may be awkward, right? That may be awkward. It's funny because, you know, all the pictures I take, I never really smile. Nope. So it's odd. But I, I smile a lot when I talk, though. I just, I just need to talk to people. I remember that person's name is important. Okay. So huge. So huge. You know, it really helps in, on eBay if somebody messages you and they're a repeat buyer and you message them by their name. Mm. It goes, I'm serious. I've done it and it goes a long way. Uh, be a good listener. Encourage others to talk about themselves. That's a hard one too. Yep. Right. You're probably like me. Like I'm always thinking about the next thing to say. Yep. I think a lot of people are like that. Yep. So, yep. and then talk in terms of others, person's interest in the last one. Most importantly, make the other person feel important, but it has to be sincere, has to be sincere. So I hope, hope that, you know, through this book, you're gaining a lot and this applies to all aspects of your life. Right. Whether it be reselling, whether it be at your nine to five right now, your marriage, your relationship with your kids, your in-laws, people that don't like you, whatever it is, it's definitely real relevant content. With that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Peace. Peace.